This is Bruce Friedman of Adult Site Broker, and welcome to Adult Site Broker Talk, where every week we interview one of the movers and shakers of the adult industry, and we discuss what's going on in our business. Plus, we give you a tip on buying and selling websites. This week, we'll be talking to Chris Roger of Pays. Adult Site Broker is proud to announce ASB Cash, the first affiliate program for an adult website brokerage. With ASB Cash, you'll have the chance to earn as much as 20% of our broker commission, referring sellers and buyers to us at Adult Site Broker. Check our website at asbcash.com for more details. First of all today, let's cover some of the news going on in our industry. The Free Speech Coalition has announced that Cal OSHA unanimously approved temporary emergency standards related to COVID-19 prevention. The order applies to all California employers. FSC will host a town hall meeting on December 4th to address the industry's questions and concerns. All employees are required to wear a face covering while at work except for specific tasks that cannot feasibly be performed with a face covering. One would think performing would be one such task. Every workplace in California is required to have a COVID-19 prevention plan that can be shared with Cal OSHA and employees upon request. Any COVID-19 exposure in a California workplace needs to be investigated and documented by the employer. If an employee is exposed at work and needs to quarantine, the employer must continue to provide salary and other benefits while that person is quarantined, regardless of whether they're able to work from home. There are new specific regulations about the cleaning and precautions in employee housing and transportation, which may include model houses, production houses, and drivers if provided by the production company or studio. Any visitor to your set, whether an employee, contractor, or vendor, has the ability to report unsafe working conditions to Cal OSHA. Failure to comply with any of these can result in significant fines and extensive litigation. Naked Sword will cap its year-long 20th anniversary celebration with a virtual party on Sunday, December 6th at 4 p.m. Pacific. It will be hosted by founder and CEO Tim Valenti and sister Roma and will feature a starry mix of industry and mainstream entertainment guests. Longtime Naked Sword PR director Mr. Pam, publicist Mike Stabil, and performers Calvin Banks, Bruce Beckham, Theo Ford, Dakota Payne, and Wesley Woods are set to join comedian and drag star Jackie Beat, comedian Margaret Cho, and musician Jake Shears, among others. Comedian and activist Kathy Griffin is also on the guest list. Griffin was gifted an actual sword and dubbed Swords Woman of the Year by the company when she hosted an industry event over a decade ago. Performer Alum Wernick and directrix Chi-Chi LaRue will serve as celebrity DJs for a program that will include hilarious clips and sexy performances and a special drag performance by Miss Pineapple 2020, Gemini Die. Valenti said, It's incredible to think that Naked Sword is 20 years old. It's amazing to see the company I started grow into what it is today, he said. It's only fitting that we do a party to commemorate this moment and what a party it will be. 
LAL Expo has announced a postponement of its February 2021 show due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Organizers have not confirmed a new date. We have made the best decision for all the attendees and exhibitors who support us year after year, said co-founder and organizer Anthony Rivera. The coronavirus has forced us to change our lifestyle habits, social relationships, and work dynamics, and this includes attending mass events, Rivera added. This is why the event in Columbia will not take place in February 21 and will possibly be scheduled for the middle or end of the year. Organizers hoped the decision would ensure the 8th annual edition of LAL Expo can be held smoothly and all its attendees will fully enjoy the conferences, seminars, national and international guests, exhibitions, and parties. The first U.S. edition of LAL Expo in Las Vegas has also been postponed without a firm rescheduled date. Rivera said he hopes to have the support of the adult entertainment industry for the first U.S. version of LAL Expo, as well as the eighth version in Columbia. The shows are an opportunity for everyone, and we've been working for months to ensure everyone has an unforgettable experience, he said. Now let's feature our property of the week that's for sale at Adult Site Broker. We're offering a sex toy review site dedicated to exploring sexuality and sharing and reviewing the author's favorite sex toys. The thing that really stands out is the extremely high quality content used throughout the site. Most sites, especially review sites, use junk content that is very obviously written just to rank for terms in Google. This site is written in the first person and is a joy to read. The authors take the reader on a journey, showing them which toys that they find the most enjoyable and explaining how to best use them. The rankings in Google are high because Google has rewarded this site due to the quality of the content. It's also a nicely diversified site in terms of revenue. It's from a good mix of affiliate offers, so the business doesn't hinge on only one main program. The site is also very diversified in terms of traffic to individual pages. The most trafficked page on the site only makes up 14% of the traffic, so it's not dependent on just one page ranking well. All content is exclusive. Nothing has been taken from elsewhere. Pretty much all of the traffic comes from organic Google results. No ad or traffic buying has ever taken place. This is an outstanding opportunity for the new owner if they want to further boost the traffic. This outstanding sex toy review site is available for only $225,000. Now time for this week's interview. My guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk is Chris Roger of Hayes, a.k.a. Evil. Chris. Hey, Chris, thanks for being with us today on Adult Site Broker Talk. Hey, Bruce. Good to hear from you. How are you doing? Fantastic, Chris. Now, uh, Chris is an industry vet who joined the adult business way back in the 90s. That must make you really old. Uh, he has an extensive background in affiliate program and traffic management. He had a hand in launching some of the earliest solo girl sites in the olden days and later managed affiliate programs before entering into the billing space in 2011. After that, he managed the affiliate programs X Cash and Teen Revenue for many years. He also used to have his own forum. Remember those? <laughs> it was called X Nations. I like that one. Um, as a sales director at Pays, that's spelled P-A-Y-Z-E, 
Chris works with his clients and finds them better and more efficient ways to process their high-risk transactions. Now, Chris, let's start out with you have the moniker of Evil Chris, which knowing you for so long, I don't think you have an evil bone in your body. So how did you get that handle in the first place? Oh, well, um, you know, back when I first got involved with the industry, um, I worked uh, with a very good friend of mine whose name was also Chris. And uh, his nickname ended up becoming Good Chris. But in the end, I think that uh, I think that he was the evil one and uh, and I was the good one. But um, but yeah, it. it it's just I was the office manager, among other titles, uh, when we first got started back in, you know, 99, 2000. And, um, and when you're in that position, you, you're the one who usually, you know, sets the rules and sure. makes the decisions and hires and fires. And it was, it's, it was just a I, – you know what? I needed a nickname for the boards, too, so somebody gave that to me. So I was like, fine, whatever. <laughs> so, yeah. You know what? I don't really even use it very much anymore. Um, I still have it at, at, at the Expos forums, and I still have it at, uh, at GFY, um, but that's about it now. Uh, well, so they know so they, so they know it's the same. So people, the old-timers old like us, know, know, uh, know it's the same guy. You know what? There's a producer over at Evil Angel who goes by the name of Evil Chris now, and <sighs> so, uh, so he can have it. You know, I don't oh, know. No, I, no, I, I don't think, think you should. No, 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 no. I think we got a lawsuit here. Coming from California, <laughs> man, we sue about everything. So I, I think I think you got a case here, Chris. I really do. Well, here's <laughs> the funny thing. People have hit me up out of the blue saying, hey, uh, did you do this and, and this and this the other the, for this movie? And I'm like, what? No, I don't do content anymore. I don't produce anymore. And I'm sure the other way is true as well, that he's been hit up to say, hey, Evil Chris, you know, how you doing? He's probably like, I don't know who you are, <laughs> mistaking one another. So Too funny. Now, uh, I guess this isn't your first rodeo. Uh, you've had some, uh, some experience uh, in radio in the past. Oh, you know what? When I was in, uh, in the military, I, I did a career in the military, and I was um, in my spare time over in Germany. I would do some radio announcing for the network over there. So, uh, cause what they did was they had paid announcers during the day mm-hmm. and then they had volunteer announcers in the evenings. And I got involved in that pretty early when I got over there. I thought that was really cool. So I did that and I had a, like a, an evening show once a week. And then I would sometimes substitute for, some of the paid guys and, and they would pay me when I was substituting during the day. Sure. Um, so yeah, and it was fun. It was, I did, I did an oldies show. I did a, a metal show for a little while and yeah, I enjoyed that quite a bit. Radio is a lot of fun. There's no two ways about it. I spent a good deal of my life in it. Um, or I should say it used to be like everything else. Now it's all corporate and state and eh, you know, it's not what it used to be. Um, now, why don't you talk about when you got into the industry and what led you to join the business? You know, it was pretty simple. Um, I, I was still serving and, um, you know, in my spare time, I was goofing around on the computer that I had and I ended up buying a modem at one point. This is going back to like, I don't know, 95 or something. 
And I just got involved with some local BBS, uh, you know, call-in services, get to chatting with people and make some new friends and play some online, simple online games. And, um, and that was it, you know, and, and I met a couple people who were putting up these, you know, adult oriented types type uh, pages and home pages, which were starting to do really, really well. And, and when we got together, I came up with some good ideas for them. And one thing led to another. And, you know, we all started making money at a certain point there back in the late 90s. And I just made a decision, you know what, I'm going to I'm going to go into business with with this guy and and, and we're going to make some money and see where it, where it leads us. You know, I feel, felt like it was an opportunity that I couldn't pass up. Sure. So that's about it. And, you know, that lasted for a few years. We had a really good time. We had we had some great success with that. And, and then, you know, the company kind of went in different directions and, and I went into a new direction. I started um, managing affiliate programs and and some affiliate traffic that went on for many years. And and um, eventually I landed in the billing vertical with uh, with the guys at pays. And I've been doing that for going on 10 years now. Yeah, you kind of uh, you joined some old friends there, didn't you? Yeah, you know what? The Pace team is comprised of of certainly certainly industry veterans, yes. and um, you know a a good amount of our guys come came from the old CC Bill days, and um, and some others are some seriously successful webmasters from days gone by. So right. it's a very knowledgeable. Um, group that that really knows the industry very well um and so we do all right um i I can i have to say they're a great group of guys to work with and work for Mm -hmm. now you have the the title of sales director that kind of led me into my next question or one of my next questions um you the, the people there are such as you say veterans uh, how how much management do you actually have to do? I mean, what are you as sales director? What is uh, uh, besides uh, placing people into merchant accounts yourself? What are your duties? Well, the title itself is is just that a title, you know? I mean, <laughs> we're we're really we're all all of us sales guys in the end, right? And 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 so. What that means is that we're always looking for new clients to place and mm-hmm. and work with and get their own merchant accounts for them. Sure. Um, so yeah, my my duties is is just to get out there and go to shows, generate leads, meet new people, and you know target those who I think would be a great fit for what we could do for them. Right. Um, and just close accounts and get people set up at banks. Now, uh, what what would be the advantage of working with Pays over, say, some of the other companies out there? Yeah, you know that that could be a, a simple question to answer or a complicated one, and I'll tr- I'll try not to overcomplicate it. But <laughs> what what having your own merchant account um, is great for is is having a lot more control over how you bill for your goods. Right. So, you, you know, some people do prefer to have a third party involved to take care of all their billing for them. Um, and some people like to have a very hands on 
approach when it comes to their billing, uh, the control and the the uh, the ability to change things quickly on the fly without having to request it and uh, mm-hmm. or to not have to wait for your to get paid based right. on how some you know the schedule of someone else paying you. Um, okay. There's there's really a ton of things involved and and you know there's different scripts and things that we we can offer to our clients, certainly those who are on NATS. We have a, a very good relationship with with John over at NATS and their entire team. Um, in fact, our core uh, team is based out of New Jersey, um, just a 15-minute uh-huh. you know, drive from from the guys at NATS. So That's cool. Uh, we've worked very closely with them over the years. Now, um, beyond having your own merchant account, you and I both know that there are a lot of options for people out there. Um, let's say you're talking to a merchant and they're talking to, um, you know, uh, billing processor brand, brand X and billing processor brand Y. What, in addition to those scripts you talked about and the, and the relationship with Nats, why else would they do business with you? You know, billing always comes down to to relationships and trust too. Yes. Um, there aren't a whole lot of people out there who who will do business with a complete stranger, certainly where their money is concerned. Um, yeah. So, you know, we pride ourselves on, as I mentioned, being veterans of the industry that most everybody knows somebody on our team, and certainly probably many of us. Yes. Um, so, you know, so there's that to to keep in mind. But we also look at the individual situation of the of the client. Um, where is their billing coming from? What kind of traffic do they receive? Um, you know, what's their risk level, and so on. Um, right. Some people out there will look for a certain kind of client and not hesitate to take them on, um, regardless of the risk involved. And then there are others who just look at the overall picture of their company and go, well, you know, (laughs) I don't know if I can, you know, safely handle 300 chargebacks in a month (laughs) from you. (laughs) You you see where I'm going with this. Absolutely. There are just some, some people out there based on, on the, the, the type of business that they, they, they're doing uh, that, you know, do I really want to take something like that on? And, and I, I'll tell you, I look at the content as well. Certain types of content, I just won't go near. Right. No, I get it. I get it. Now, you got to be selective. There's no two ways about it, especially in billing, because things can blow up very, very quickly. And, you know, you talked about your team. I mean, when you got guys like Hank Freeman and uh, Doug Wicks as the owners, I don't think it gets any more solid than that. Those are uh, those are two uh, fabulous stand-up guys in our industry. Absolutely, absolutely. And and the prospect of joining that team about ten years ago, when I ran into Hank at a Phoenix Forum, I was very excited to uh, to to possibly join that team. And uh, about six months later, it uh, it became a reality, and I was I was very happy. So yeah, and I continue to be. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I, I don't see people leave there. I just don't see people leave there. Um, how about we talk about billing in general and how it's changed over the years? You know, the, the big thing about it is in the earliest uh, years of the of the industry, um, most people were using 
you know, whatever third party service that they, they could get on, on board with. Uh, basically, mm-hmm. the, sim- the simplest answer uh, was, was the best answer for them. And as time has gone on, um, you know, more people are using a combination of third party billing plus their own merchant account. And, and that's yeah. the kind of scenario that I would I recommend for most merchants out there. Mm-hmm. Um, is to take a healthy combination of the two. Certainly should have more than one billing mechanism in place. Yes. Um, on top of other things like alternative billing, which we never used to have. You know, there was checking and 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 that was considered alternative billing back way back when. But now it's it's you know more or less considered more normal. Um, but there's cryptocurrency now, and there's there's debit and. And there's uh, there's several other things that people can use. So I think how it's changed the most um, is is kind of twofold. Now you have way more choice of of how you want to bill and who you mm-hmm. want to bill with, and just the 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 um, the rules for for billing are much more stringent than they used to be as well. Yes. Um, so there's you know there's. It's it's not that difficult, but you mm-hmm. know it's you still have to have your ducks in a row, and you have to be serious about about what you're doing to do, mm-hmm. to be able to do it right. Yeah, like everything else, it's matured. Now, yeah. now, what are some of the challenges online payment co- companies face these days? I can say that. Is it still the traditional stuff like fraud, chargebacks, etc., or there is there anything else that is a real challenge right now for companies like yours. You know what you just mentioned are, are two of the big ones right there. Fraud mm-hmm. is, a, is a big deal and, and chargebacks are another. And people also look to us for advice on, on traffic as well. Now, I, you know, you did say that I managed traffic and traffic programs back in the day, and those were yep. very different days. Um, yes. I really... In this age of the tube, I don't have this really don't carry the same knowledge when it comes to that, because by the time the tubes really hit, I was out of the affiliate, you know, management position and and mm-hmm. I was on to different things. Um, good band, so, too, by the, good band, too, by the way. Hey, you know what? That's funny you say that, because the very first concert I ever went to was the tubes. <laughs> Well, there you go. You know, you know what Little my first concert. You know what my first concert was. You want to see what a big, what an old fart I am? Glenn Miller. <laughs> Fuck you. No, the Monkees. <laughs> the Monkees. They weren't even a band. It was a TV show. So um, you were talking about traffic before I threw you off base. There, uh, we were talking about challenges. Um, I mentioned uh, you were talking about the tubes and how that's changed traffic. Yeah, and and just that. Um, actually, you'd asked me about the challenges, and and yes. what you said made perfect sense. Would it's in that uh, fraud is a big one, um, and there are different services out there to to, to prevent and, and actively fight against fraud. Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's there's content theft is another one. Yes, which a lot a lot of. Um, content producers worry about are are looking at every day Mm -hmm. and and chargebacks are are always something that certainly we at at pays and other 
billers look at constantly just to make sure that their clients are, uh, are not, you know, exceeding those thresholds. Yeah. And the thresholds in recent years have gotten more stringent from the, uh, from the uh, card companies, haven't they? Yeah, they sure have. Um, what's, what's been, what have been the repercussions of that? Have there been a lot of people who've been shut down? No, but, uh, you know, people have had fines, you know, due to, due to excessive chargebacks and they'll mm. have, you know, they have to take, um, measures to prevent further chargeback issues. And, you know, it can happen due to, you know, many, there's many different reasons why your chargebacks can go up or, or hopefully come down. But mm. there are services out there that can help you with, um, you know, taking a customer, be it, uh, you know, a real true reason for a chargeback or, um, you know, some kind of friendly fraud chargeback and, you know, not make it go against your thresholds. Mm-hmm. I what recommend you- that to anybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You want to do everything you can to keep things clean. What's a typical fine, by the way? I hadn't heard about that. Well, it, it varies mm-hmm. on, uh, you know, on the on the risk assessment, but uh, it just depends. Okay. Okay. What's the what's the largest fine you've heard of? Twenty five thousand dollars. Ouch. <laughs> okay. That's a fine. Well, I don't know if um, that's the biggest one I've heard of, but that's that is a big one. It is. It is. Well, I guess the company's big enough. It's pretty easy to absorb that, though. Uh, if we're if we're talking about a if we're talking about a, a mind geek or somebody like that, and they get a twenty five thousand dollar fine, they take it out of their side pocket. So you know, <laughs> no big deal. If it's a mom and pop, that's that's another thing. Um, is there anything new coming up at Pays that our listeners should know about? I'll tell you at the next show. Oh, come on. The next show. When the hell is that going to be? <laughs> when do you think it will be? Oh, God. That's when do you weird. honestly think it'll be? Um, late 2021. Really? Late 2021? Okay. Uh, you're not as optimistic as I am. No, I'm actually, I'm being realistic because of uh, the, uh, the situation, especially with the United States. Uh, and Europe's getting worse again as well. But because of what's happening in America, um, I mean, I if as an American citizen, I probably won't be able to go to anything. And if I leave Thailand, I, when I come back, I have to I have to go through a 14 day government quarantine. It's insane. But you know what? There's no COVID here. <laughs> we could talk we could talk all day about that i'm actually going to be i'm actually going to be working today on a, an article for medium about um um uh covid in thailand versus the way the u.s has handled it so should be very interesting i'll let you know when it's done sure um now to that. you used to be very involved with sites and affiliate programs and now you're on the billing side Talk about pay sites and the affiliate model. Now, I've heard some in our industry say that both are either dead or dying. Tell me what you think. Well, they're not dying and they're not dead. There's okay. still lots of affiliates out there, but it, it, there's, there isn't the huge amount that, that there once was. Okay. Um, but there's plenty of affiliate programs out there that are still uh, to be joined, and you can promote this and that, and whatever you like. 
Um, people are a lot more savvy right now. I'll give you an example. Um, so I was prospecting around for some clients. Uh, I was on a tube and I saw a site that I hadn't heard of. And I'm like, oh, what's that? And I wonder, well, maybe it's a, it's a part of a network, uh, you know, of a, of a mega program that's out there. So I typed, I just typed in the URL and it popped up on an um, OnlyFans page. Interesting. So I thought, oh, that's, that's interesting. You know, it, it redirected somehow from the URL to the same page, the promo page at OnlyFans. So I thought that was pretty interesting way of, of promoting them, you know, someone promoting themselves, whether it was a, it's probably a paid spot, you know, on the, the, the tube I happened to be on. Mm-hmm. That is interesting. That's very yeah, interesting. Yeah, people got to get creative now, you know. Yep. Um, but, um, I mean, where do you see pay sites versus where they were five years ago? I mean, they're both, they're, they're still in line with what they were five years ago. I mean, pay sites are still very popular when, mm-hmm. when somebody wants to see something, you know, specific, right. Um, they're willing to pay for it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and that's true for all niches. Of course, you can go to a tube and see a lot of free things, right. um, but you're limited to what the tube offers you. And I know there's a lot of content on them, but um, you know, if you want to see very specific, highly produced content, you go to a pay site. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Now, and what do you see the effects from COVID-19 having on our industry short and long term? Well, short term, it's been it's been good for, for the industry overall. Mm-hmm. Numbers numbers are up this year just about everywhere. Um, sure. And if they're not, you know, I don't know what you're doing wrong, but, you know. <laughs> People are doing well now. A lot of people are saying, "Well, it's not going to last," and be you know, you know, people get ready for the crash. But uh, I don't know if there's going to be a crash per se. It may, it may, you know, slowly go down to you know regular levels. Um, but overall, it's been it's been an okay year for people in the industry online. How about long term? Regarding COVID, long term, it's hard to say. You know, it is. I, I I don't even want to venture a guess, other than saying, the bigger numbers probably won't stay that way. They'll probably you know eventually come down slowly to more regular levels. Mhm. Mhm. Yeah. Um, I know it's. I know it's really put a crimp on 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 people's production. That's for sure. Yeah, I can see that. And at the same time. I don't have any numbers on this, but I, I, I would I would guess that a lot of new cam models have come online during COVID. Oh yeah, absolutely. No, it's uh, I can I can confirm that from talking to some of the cam operators. You know, another thing that's um, that that's kind of, that's kind of interesting, um, and it, it's interesting to hear you say that you haven't seen the crash or you haven't seen things come down. There are so many people out of work um, in the United States, especially, but all over the world. Um, you know, industries like the tourist industry have been decimated here. My God, 
Um, <laughs> I live in a tourist town. It's, it's like a ghost town, which for somebody who lives there isn't really too terribly bad to lay on the beach like I did yesterday and not have anybody there um, except me and the, and the woman giving, giving me a foot massage. But um, I, I'm kind of surprised, and I, I would imagine you are too, that with a lot of people not having paychecks, and not even getting relief from the government in the states, that things haven't come back down. Yeah, you're right, and um, it's affected you know a lot of different sectors, hotels, restaurants, you know, all uh, all suffering quite a bit. I, I tell you what, I haven't had this much takeout my entire life. Um, <laughs> I see it as a good way of supporting you know my favorite local restaurants through yes. Uber and other services mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I you know, agree with you. I, I'm, I'm happy to do that we here just went back on like what we they were they're calling a code red about oh I don't know about three weeks ago we went back to code red but before mm-hmm. that the restaurants were open with uh, limited seating you know right. and um, so I my family and I were able to get out one time for dinner so that one time was the one time since March that the three of us had gone out for, for dinner. And it was a Friday night, and we went in there, and it was about 10% capacity. Even yeah. though they were allowed to go way more than that, they, the place was just really dead and quiet, which we People didn't are mind. Worried. People are worried. People don't want to die. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was that. And then about uh, a week later, um, everything went back to red again, so they, they weren't even allowed to let anybody in. Mm. Um, so I'm actually glad we got out one time, but I know, Devastating. I know a lot of Devastating people up here who won't go out at all. Yeah. Devastating for the restaurants. It's really terrible. I, my, you know, my heart goes out to all those people, um, all, all over the world who are, who are going through this. Uh, but I see it here. So many places shuttered. It's not even funny. It depended on tourism and there is no tourism. Uh, there hasn't been any tourism since March. So imagine you know, that. It's not just time. that. It's like the live entertainment industry has taken a massive hit now to yep. um, yep. sp- you know, sports, every, all, all mm-hmm. that stuff where mm-hmm. where large gatherings are supposed to take place. You know, yeah. I've got concert tickets on my in my phone right now in my Apple wallet that I don't know how long they're going to sit there, but you know, um, the band has said they're going to they're going to reschedule. So I'm sorry, what, what band? Pearl Jam. Oh, cool. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. My son and I were supposed to go last March. Oh, how cool. And, how old's uh, your son? 17. Oh, that's so cool to be able to share that with him. Yeah. That would have been his first Pearl Jam show. Oh, shit. Right on. That's cool. Yeah. We'll get there. I'm optimistic. Uh, you got to be. You got to be. You gotta, I'm optimistic, but I'm also realistic. <laughs> so when you asked me before we started this, when I thought I'd, we'd see shows, oh, actually, it was during this, when, when you, when you uh, asked me when I thought we'd see shows again, um, I'm trying to be optimistic. Because, for instance, the European Summit um, keeps moving their dates back. And I think that's going to continue. I, I really do. It's... Uh, yeah, thank God there are now approved vaccines. I don't know if you heard about the Moderna one, which is oh, is about ninety five percent effective, which is is a wet dream. That's crazy because they said if it's sixty percent effective, it, it would be great. And they're talking ninety five, which is incredible. 
So that's the beginning of the end of this thing, hopefully. And hopefully it won't uh, uh, metastasize and uh, mutate, or whatever the word is, I think it's mutate, and have a new strain that um, uh, makes the vaccine even not work. That would suck. Um, yeah. where, do, where do you see this business going in the long run, Chris? Now, uh, many people predict this demise. We talked about the tubes. Um, uh, actually tube sites, not bands. Um, when they became all the rave, we knew that didn't happen, that, that it killed the business. So what do you see ahead? You know, it's hard to see too far ahead, but what something I believe is going to happen, um, is, well, right now, you know, what we've seen is a lot of, uh, models going online and taking care of their own business, right? Yep. Um, and so, you know, most of them, quite frankly, to limited success. Um, yes. But I think in, in, what we're going to see in the future is is companies that are going to pop up that are going to be able to manage those models and help them to make more money, um, mm. be it by you know live shows online and getting more eyeballs in front of them, or helping them with their content sales. Um, mm-hmm. And, and that's a little bit of a throwback to the very beginning of the industry, how I got involved, where, you know, we we were managing a lot of girls' sites because, and, and I, I don't want to exclude guys, but I'm just saying we managed these amateur girl-next-door kind of sites where, you know, all they really had to do was create their content and put it online, and we did the rest. Now, there are some people out there that do this now, obviously. But I think that's going to increase a, a little more, um, and certainly from a marketing aspect, where mm. you know uh, these models are going to get more eyeballs on their on their stuff, which ordinarily they wouldn't, you know, be able to get on their own without sure. spending a ton of money on on a marketing budget. So yeah. I do think that you'll see more of, of a of a of a managed service coming in the future. Interesting, Interesting. where models will be a little more um, receptive to letting someone else take over their marketing and, and whatever Uh, it it could be some kind of shopping cart where, yeah, take care of my billing, take care of my, my uh, content management, take care of my marketing, you know, all of that for whatever fee that comes up. Mm -hmm. Because it's tough. It's tough to do it all by yourself. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I understand. Especially if you're a model, you're, Probably not a business person. There are exceptions. There, I've sure. talked to some exceptions, but I've had some contact me through my general consulting company that were exceptions who said, hey, I want more help. But for the most part, uh, they're models. They're not business people. So, I, I, I mean, I'll give you an example. There's um, up here, uh, you know, you've got uh, someone like, um, like Kenny B, for example who oh, yeah. who runs um your pay site partner right i think that's a that's a great business model um it's mm-hmm. very helpful to to uh to those who come to him he helps out with a lot of a lot of the heavy lifting um yep. where where websites are concerned and you know uh marketing and billing and, and content management and site maintenance and the list goes on so somebody like Kenny and, and your pay site partner is, is a very good example of what I'm talking about where, with, with regards to management, um, mm. where people just want to get involved, they want to make money, and they don't really want to worry about you know, a lot of the headaches or what they consider maybe headaches involved. Sure. 
Sure. Yeah. And the, he does a great job with it. So if anybody out there uh, needs that kind of a thing, check that out. Absolutely. Uh, does he does he handle individual models? Yeah. Pay oh. sites, individual models, sure. I, I like people with OnlyFans sites. Pardon me? With, with only what? People, people with OnlyFans pages? Um, that I don't know. You should. Because <laughs> OnlyFans in itself it is a sort of, they do limited management, right? Limited. Yeah. Yeah, very limited, I think. Those, those platforms all, I think, for the most part, they're just uh, consolidators. Okay, now let's now let's get to the most serious topic we've talked about so far. We've talked about the industry, we've talked about COVID, we've talked about a lot of things. Now, Chris, I know you're a huge hockey fan. Um, yes. Being from Toronto, you come upon it naturally. Uh, I think uh, I think when uh, when Canadians are born, it's mommy, daddy, hockey, or maybe it's mommy, hockey, daddy. I'm not sure. So. Uh, you're a fan of your beloved Maple Maple Leafs. Yeah. Now, I know they were doing really fantastic for a while, won the cup. I know you were really happy. Won the cup? Oh, didn't <laughs> Did they win they? the cup? Oh, okay. No. Maybe, maybe I was – okay, well, I just I just granted them the cup. Anyway, okay. sorry about that. That's a okay. good omen. Well, I know they went deep in the playoffs at least. Um, nope. <laughs> so, as, so as you see – all right, maybe not. I'm not a hockey person, obviously. So maybe okay. you can give us your state of the Leafs report. <laughs> do you hear the crickets? No, it's look. I do. I do. You know what it's like. You know what it's like with being a sports fan. I mean, you got to stick with your team through the thick and the thin, and right. and some years are better than others. And and you know, for the past uh, four or five years, it's been uh, it's been encouraging. We've had a bet, we have, we've had better results, better players, better team. Um, the Toronto Maple Leafs are kind of like the the it's it's like the center of the hockey universe, you know. Although may, many Montreal Canadiens uh, fans w- would disagree with me, um, yes. and it'd be a good debate. But definitely, you know, the Leafs are like the Dallas Cowboys, you know, in, in, mm-hmm. in football. Um, although Dallas has, has won a few championships since 1967, and that's the last time the Leafs won the Stanley Cup. Ouch! But it was it was. I'll tell you this. Um, very happy with the with, with what's going on. Changes. There's going to be a lot of changes when they do start up the next season. Um, I enjoyed watching the uh, the the uh, condensed uh, playoffs from the two uh, bubble cities. They did it in Toronto and Edmonton played in a bubble and they made it, you know, even, even from the outside, we were like, Oh, they're never going to get it going. They got it going. And then we started saying, Oh, they'll never be able to finish. And they finished and yep. uh, they crowned a new Stanley cup champion. And hopefully they never have to do it that way again, but it was still cool to watch. I, I it was kind of surreal with nobody in the stands. Now uh-huh. we're, we're all kind of used to it now, but yes. We're used to the canned crowd noise on all our sports. Hey, man, I may know not, I may not know a lot about hockey, but ask me about uh, about baseball and, uh, and uh, the NFL and uh, just get ready to sit down for a few hours. Um, so, so especially Giants baseball, as you know. So, you might as well so, say, while we're tailing off on the hockey, 
that yeah. anybody out there who's a Tampa Bay fan, congratulations on winning the cup this year. Um, you know, for any kid growing up in Canada, it's no small feat to win that thing. And in my opinion, it's the toughest uh, trophy in all pro sports to win. Cool. And and let me just and let me just say to anybody who's a Los Angeles Dodger fan, fuck you. Anyway, um, so uh, so tell me about Chris Roger away from work. Besides watching the Leafs, what do you like to do in your spare time? Oh, you know what? I, I'm not a guy that plays a lot of video games. Um, a little bit on my tablet. Well, you know. I know. I watch um, a lot of sports on TV, as you know, and um, I play softball every year in an old man's executive league, which is a lot of fun. And we did get we did get through a season this year with um, some uh, modified rules. Um, cool. Yeah, and it was it was good, and not one positive test of COVID the entire summer, so we did all right. Um, I like to read a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, you know, if I'm if I don't have my head in a book, um, I'm I'm I wiki everything. I love wiki. Mm-hmm. You know, no matter what I'm doing, I always you know, and I get stuck on wiki sometimes for hours. I'll read up on this, and then I'll read up on that person, and um, so yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of a wiki holic. Hey, do me a favor. Next time you're gonna look something up, give me a little notice, and I'll go online and change it. Okay. Oh, are you an editor? <laughs> <laughs> do you remember DMOZ back in the day? DMOZ. Uh, yes. So it was kind of like it was kind of like Wiki for for adult sites, and I was one of the editors. Hmm. And, uh, and and they used that you know they used that that database of DMOZ, um, and then they fed it to different search engines. So a lot of a lot of the editors were guys like myself who owned our own little doorway sites and link lists and and stuff. So of course we we listed ourselves, of course, you know, for a little extra traffic. But yeah, um, I, I wanted to actually ask about that early, earlier if you'd heard of Dmoz because that was an interesting little project. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. A little bit before my time on the uh, on the internet, but I I do certainly I am certainly aware of it. Well, hey, Chris, I'd really like to thank you for being our guest today on Adult Site Broker Talk, and I hope we'll get a chance to do this again really soon. My broker tip today is part six of how to buy an adult website. Last week, we talked about the sales agreement. So now both you and the seller have signed the agreement. What comes next? There needs to be an escrow setup where you send the money, whether it be a one-time payment or a deposit if you're going to be making payments. Now, this is done about half the time these days. The seller, for their part, puts the assets of the sale into escrow, namely the domains being sold and any other tangible assets that can be put into escrow. Your attorney can give you more information on that. We recommend escrow domains for escrows. They're a firm out of Washington, D.C., and no, they're not paying me to say this. I just use them, trust them, and I'm delighted by the work they've done for us. Either an escrow agreement will be drawn up by them in the case of a custom escrow, or if it's a simple one, it could be set up on their website. Then you, the buyer, the seller, and the broker will be contacted by escrow domains with further instructions, such as wiring information. The escrow is opened, and either the deal closes within a matter of a few days, or an inspection period is allowed. 
It all depends on what the agreement calls for. Whether you need an inspection period really depends on whether there is still some information you need to find out prior to the deal closing. Your broker and your attorney can advise you more on this, and it's on a case-by-case basis. Then the money is transferred, as are the domains, and the deal's closed. Now, in many cases, in fact, most of the time, the seller either stays on board for a period of time to help with the transition, or at least is available on an on-call basis to answer questions. This is something most buyers should ask for. But at this point, you pretty much own the website. What do you do now? We'll talk about this subject more next week. And... Next week, we'll be talking to Suresh Dakshina, the CEO of Chargeback Gurus. And that's it for this week's Adult Site Broker Talk. I'd once again like to thank my guest, Chris Roger of Pays. Talk to you again next week on Adult Site Broker Talk. I'm Bruce Friedman.